Hello and welcome to Bad Apple Good Egg. It's me, Jay, with my friend Meg Daddy. <laughs> Depends on the day, honestly. Um, also go by Megatron, Megan, Megan, May. May? May is cool. That's cute. Yeah, it is cute. My twin sister calls me that. Because um, we're adorable. Twin life. Yeah, I know. It seems Living the life. It really is, honestly, and it's gotten better since we've been adults. But Okay, wait. Top Do you want to do like one or three pros and cons of twins? Having okay. a twin. You can choose one or three. Your call. Um three for each. Like for each side, pros and cons. Yes. Okay. <laughs> or one. It's your call. Honestly, We'll do, we'll start with, we'll see what flows, right? We'll see what flows. Um, top of the list. Actually, we'll just go with the top of the list for both. We'll do one for each. Biggest pro, honestly, like, twin telepathy is, like, a little bit of a thing. I'm not going to Yeah. Um, we can't, like, always read each other's minds, but if I'm sad, like, Lauren will probably text me and vice versa. Biggest con is the comparison for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Especially when she's an angel, you know? Mm. Yeah. That would be really hard. I mean, it is what it is. We're just rolling with the devil, so it's fine. I can't remember what we said would be good to discuss in the very beginning of the pod that we just said. Do you okay, remember? so we have talked Refresh about... Refresh my memory. Uh, CIA mostly. Yes. I think was our biggest. But there was like just something you were like, oh, topic. we should have been recording already. And I'm like, fuck, I can't remember what it was. Um, we have had a few glasses of wine. No, we were ad libbing about something. Yeah, but what was it? <laughs> I don't know. I was gonna like reenact this. We're talking about the grapes. What were we talking about? No, hmm. we weren't talking about the grapes. You were talking about your show, I think. The jingle. It was before the jingle. It was before the jingle. Fuck. Fuck. I don't think we're going to remember. Okay, maybe we'll come back to us. It'll circle but, back. Yes. Okay, so we are here in Zaragoza, and Meg Daddy over here is You don't have to call me that. I'm going to call you that from now on now. <laughs> no. It's not going away now. I like, Now that you said it, I like can't. Okay, okay. It's my newest nickname. I don't know. Now that you said it, I'm like... It's Whatever is natural for you is fine for me. Um. So yes. So here we are in Spain, and you're living in Madrid right now. I am. Yes. You've been there for two weeks, three weeks, three weeks, three weeks, roughly since the first of the month. So three weeks, I think. Very nice. Very it's nice. Friday. Yeah. What's been your experience of in Spain? What's your favorite thing you've done? Um. I really liked going to Toledo. I think. Just, like, walking around and exploring different things has been my favorite activity, though. Um, there's a lot of, like, solid green space in Madrid. Siesta is kind of a vibe killer, though. I'm not going to lie. I haven't really adapted to that yet. And I feel like I always think siesta is going to be shorter than it is. So I'm, like, ready to go and everyone is still asleep. So... That's been an adjustment, but other than that, the sun here is amazing. I'm just tanning somehow. I'm not burning at all, so it's been good. Love that for you. Yeah. What good. has been? What's your sleep schedule like normally? Um, <laughs> depends if I Facetime somebody at night. Mm, <laughs> I see. Yeah. I see. <laughs> That's fair. How many hours a night do you? We're usually getting sleep? like. Seven or eight, honestly. Like, Whoa, I, that's way good. I, it's really good, honestly. I feel like I am definitely leaning into my slightly selfish... On that REM cycle. <laughs> millennial era right now where so I do am... So you consider... So wait, but you're not a millennial. Okay, pretty, so I'm not, but What's also, like... Okay, so do you like consider yourself millennial? I'm a little defensive about this. I'm not going to lie. No, I would love to hear your take on it. So... Am Gen Z a little bit. I will admit that. However, I didn't have TV until I was seven. Okay. And you were born and in 98. 98. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like 98 is cusp. It's 
It's not in the 2000s. Same with me, 97. I feel 97 is, is cusp. cusp. And I you feel were like homeschooled, so you probably identify more with millennials sometimes, right? I actually would say I identify more with Gen Z. Really? Yes, because my entire social life was on the internet. Okay. I would say. Okay, that's fair. Actually, I would say that like most of my initial social interactions were online. What? Like, no, I was like... Maybe that's being dramatic. I, think I was I'm, running wild in the forest, so... Yeah, okay. But you... Because you are a... From a wilderness type Yes. Town. Like... Yes. Which part, you can disclose if you would like, but I don't know. Yes. It's a small no, town. So. I know. It's a small town. It's a little <laughs> it's a too small, small for this... Yes. <laughs> for this audience. However, um, I will say that part of my public school education was learning different trees and squirrels and what to do if you're caught in an avalanche. So that's where I grew up. That's quite, that's quite good, though. It I, is good. I it's good have content. no fucking idea what I would do in an avalanche. Can you give me, like, a crash course? So first thing you do is you spit, which sounds weird. However, it's really difficult to tell which way is up if you're covered in snow because snow reflects light. So first thing you do is spit to tell where gravity is because usually like you're locked in and like your arms and legs are kind of stuck where they are. And then once you know which way is up, you can kind of start moving. Um, Ideally, you have an avalanche flag that you push up, but not everybody has that. So I don't remember what you do. If you don't have an that's avalanche That's a good flag, advice, though. But I'm like, you heard it here first. <laughs> if you're ever in an avalanche, spit and see where the yeah, spit goes. That's yep. good. It's good advice. Now, if I'm ever in an avalanche, I will remember that. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Hopefully. Yeah. Knock on wood. Yeah. Let's uh, let's hope we don't get there. Yes. But. Let's hope we don't get there. So we were saying um, I, you need to elaborate more on your experience of um, association with the millennial generation rather than Gen Z. Yes. As someone, I don't know, I would consider, I think 98 is cusp, but it's kind of like definitely like more, I would think, Gen Z. Yeah. What do you think is like the ultimate cusp here? 99. Interesting. So I you, think I think, is. would have thought that, that I be... was like a solid millennial then. No, I feel like... I view like ninety five to ninety nine as cusp, as gray or, area. like as gray area. Yeah, me too. Okay, so I feel like so yeah. It, so in my mind, I guess like ninety five is like the very cusp, okay. cusp just because or ninety like or ninety seven. Yeah, because I guess ninety seven is like kind of halfway between ninety five and yeah two thousand. So it's kind of like mm. when did you get a smartphone? So I didn't have a smartphone. Until high school, but I had an iTouch, which is basically a smartphone. Okay. At a pretty young age. And I remember using the iTouch very constantly. Yeah. For various things. I was only allowed to have like an iPod. What were those things called? iPods? Like the small yeah, iPod? Yeah, like a Nano. A Nano, yeah. When what I got a Nano, I was hot shit. It was purple. Damn. For sure. Cool girl. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was the coolest. Um, I remember I had an eye touch on my birthday party one year, and everyone was, like, fighting over it. Oh, like, really? To play with it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. You were probably the coolest girl I in homeschool. I think so. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm so sorry. I keep interrupting you on your explanation of your no, millennial experience. So you think the ultimate cusp here is 99? Yeah. <sighs> Probably, yeah. I think after that, you're just a little too far gone. I will say that I just don't get, like, I don't, I don't think even to this day I'm online enough to really get the whole Gen Gen Z thing. Um, I feel like I'm always late to the trends. I was late to TikTok. I, my first TikTok I posted took me probably six hours to post and it was literally a compilation of videos that tiktok synced to music so should have taken 30 seconds and why did it take you so long i don't know i could not tell you if i tried it just looked up and it was dark outside so um yeah was it mid-pandemic though no it was literally like three months ago not even two months ago (laughs) so I feel like I'm a little little millennial. In terms of, like, belief systems, Gen Z all the way. Like, well, push the envelope. interesting because you are a cybersecurity yeah. professional. Yeah. So it's interesting that in a more plebeian way, <laughs> you aren't as tech savvy. Or... Yeah. 
in in practice yeah it's kind of interesting but also honestly like none of these websites secure data that much so maybe i'm just taking my work life a little too much into my so or my personal life yeah here okay so do you think it's just your use of the internet that makes you feel more associated with millennial culture or do you think there's other um slut for avocado toast is that millennial? It so is. First okay, of all, oh, milk lattes, Gen Z, avocado toast, millennial. I think. Okay. Solid. I am a slut for both of those things. Yeah. So. Okay. That still lands me on the solid. Cusp right. Line. I mean, I think I'm more cusp too, but I think people tend to put me in the Gen Z box really quickly because I'm born after 95 and so I think I'm a little more defensive about the millennial side but I do think I'm I'm cussed I would say it's kind of interesting because I feel like a lot of Gen Z people hate on millennials yeah yeah so what are like the things but anything else besides avocado toast that you are drawn towards in millennial culture I have not thrown away my skinny jeans interesting yeah that's another thing. I don't know. I don't Do you even still know. wear them regularly? I don't really wear jeans very often. Because okay. um, I, I haven't thrown away my skinny jeans. Right. Because I'm trying to be a more ethical, not wasteful consumer. person. Ethical consumer. So I've been, I've, I've like definitely tried to practice buying less things. And I think part of that is holding on to things a little bit longer than I used to. Yeah. I used to definitely get rid of things more yeah. rapidly but I have not worn skinny jean in some time I did maybe in the past two years wear a black skinny jean with like a hole in the knee mm-hmm. I feel like that's maybe a little exception yeah to the skinny jean rule but only because of the resurgence of like 2014 soft grunge tumbler fashion right. yeah which earlier we briefly were discussing and I was very excited for that to come back into the mainstream. Yeah. I, you, I guess you didn't really see that. But on TikTok, it was like a whole thing. People were like, I wish I was in high school in 2014. And like, this is the vibe. This is my life. And it was all these Tumblr, soft grunge, aesthetic, Arctic monkeys type yeah. thing. And I'm like, that was me. Yeah, like, was I that. was that girl. Thank you. I was the pioneer, actually. I was the pioneer. I'm like, I don't try to just like take the credit for things, but I was part of that movement. And you should take the credit. And I honestly. will. I will be taking credit for that. Yeah, <laughs> I was in that. I yeah. was in that group. Yeah. Yes. Um. But honestly, sometimes I don't feel like I'm either because okay. I have good friends. So I, you, as you know, I've been working at a uh, in restaurants for a long time. There's one restaurant in DC that I worked in for four years running now, and I have some really good friends that are all solidly millennial and they all make fun of me for being Gen Z. And then a lot of the new staff is extremely, extremely Gen Z Mm -hmm. and half the words that come out of their mouth go over my head. So I'm not in that camp, not really in the millennial camp completely either though. Um, I feel that. So, and I feel like there's kind of an in-between, and that in-between is bitches that drop responsibilities and run off to Europe, so here we are. I'm like, you're trying to call me out do right now. Do you feel singled out? Because I do. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I saw a meme I mentioned earlier. I saw a meme that said, I'm on my obligatory white girl pilgrimage to Europe, and I was mm-hmm. like, called out? Uh, am I? I was like, I am. Sorry. You didn't have to tell me. You can also uh-huh. call it um, oldest daughter healing. Okay, there like we this that's is the a same lot, camp that we're in. That also. feels a lot less um, privileged. Well, it's maybe both. It you is have to no, call but both. no, it is. I mean, obviously it's privileged, but I'm also like it, it. It's a little more digestible. Yes, it is, and it makes me feel a little bit less guilt ridden. Fair. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's good to feel both because. Um, not everybody can just put their shit in storage and buy a plane ticket one way and hop around for a while. But also, when you're absorbing your family's guilt for your entire life, like, maybe that's what you need. Whoa. Okay. 
So can you elaborate on that a little bit? Absorbing your family's guilt for your whole life. I think it's, it's really... a strong statement. So. It is. I agree. I think it's really easy to be the scapegoat as the oldest daughter. And I think it's taken me a long time to take that role in stride. But you can't control how people react to you. And I think that with some family members not being able to assert control over all of their children is kind of challenging for some parents. And I feel like as the oldest daughter, you're kind of the loudest voice in the room that's holding your parents accountable. So it's easy to be the scapegoat when things go wrong. You know? Are we having I a therapy session right yeah, now? <laughs> like, I, I, I do know. The thing is that I do know. I'm going to send this to my therapist when we're done. <laughs> I would love for you to share my podcast with your yeah, therapist. Yeah, I did. I did definitely email her a week into Spain and be like, hello, I know that we can't see each other right now, so I hope this isn't unprofessional, but I hope you're well. And here are some photos of me in Spain. I support having a parasocial relationship with your therapist. Right? Like, like I don't I, know your last name, but... I I do know my therapist's last name, but I like, my last email to my therapist, I, like, was like, heart, heart, Jay, because I... Cute! I'm like, I need you to respond to me, and I need... But... I'm like, I yeah. need to speak to you. Yeah. <laughs> like, Renee, please message me back. Yeah. Yeah, no. Therapy is very it's very good and I think especially as the eldest daughter you are you are put under a lot of pressure and I can think of many pressures that impacted me as the oldest child Mm -hmm. oldest child I wonder if men are as affected by this as the women do you have any thoughts on that yes do I have I Um, thought you would. I do. Ah, baiting me. Yes. Fair enough. Yes. That's Um, my job, isn't it? Yeah, you know, you are the host of this show. So, um, honestly, I don't think anyone is coddled quite like oldest sons are coddled. To say it extremely bluntly, Mm -hmm. admittedly. I, I don't know what it is, honestly. But it seems like oldest sons are just, like, the light of their family's life. Like, I don't know if we are just living in olden times and they're going to be, like, the person that assumes the family heritage or whatever. They're going to carry on the name and women are just expected to carry on the family name in terms of status, but not actually in terms of... Yeah, I don't know how to say this. Don't be scared to pause because... I can edit that shit out all the time. Yeah, that's true. I do edit. Do you know what I mean, though? I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave this in because it's funny. But (laughs) the amount of times I just highlight and delete a little, mm, a little, um, a little like, is not for me though. Often, and you know what? Because I am a California girl, and I speak like a California girl. And you know what? Being in Europe has made me. Um, extremely aware of my California girl voice. How much have you been made fun of for this? Quite often. That's unfortunate. Especially by the British people. Well, I was I think... at a bar with a bunch of British boys, and they were kind of making fun of my vernacular. And I'm like, you know what? I'm smart. Fuck you guys. And period. And I the left. rest is history. <laughs> yeah, that's all. And honestly, never saw those boys again. Good. They, they weren't really that mean. I'm being dramatic, but I I have been made fun of for my voice. And also people also people have said they think my voice is hot. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of I would say it's six of one and half a dozen of the other, but that's not true because I have more often been made fun of. I think two people have said the in Europe have said they think my voice is hot. In Europe specifically? Yes, and I'm gonna take that to the grave. You I'm should take that to the grave. Before Europe too or just in Europe? Americans have said that my voice is sexy. Yeah. The uh And you as well. I'm also mostly saying this because I think they're gonna listen to it. But um the person that I'm seeing right now, um Shout out Shout out <laughs> Hey babe um <laughs> When I told them that I get that compliment a lot, they got a little bit mad because mm. they were like, you know what? You did send me a lot of voice memos at the beginning. You knew exactly what you were doing. Fuck you. And I was like, well, did it work? 
And did, did you, it work? Did you know what you were doing? I mean, do you hear my voice? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Obsessed. That's just, that's no, just, I, that. you know what? I'm a little bit of an asshole sometimes, but I think women need to lean into confidence more and I just am taking one for the team here. So I think that's excellent. I think women Thank definitely you. need to lean more into confidence. Yeah. And How's that going for yeah, you? Yeah. Some people have told me when I first released the podcast, someone was like, I don't know. So they didn't like directly comment my voice, but someone messaged me and they were like, damn your voice. And so I think I'm, I'm taking that as a compliment. I do think you have a podcast voice. I've yeah. never been told I have a podcast voice, but I think you have more of a podcast well, voice than I do. but that's I'm trying to make a podcast. No, I, but in general, you have nice intonation. Thank I'm you. I'm serious. Thank you. Well, starts crying over here. Okay. So... Lean more into confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But I do think... I've heard a lot of people when when discussing the concept of, of confidence, a lot of people do say, fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very true because I do not feel confident at all in yeah. really anything that I do or say or yeah. an, like anything about myself. <laughs> but I do think you have to fake it to yeah. feel confident because I don't really ever feel confident. And then sometimes I'll, like, wear something, and I'm, like, I really feel like I look horrible in this, but I'm just going to, like, act like I feel great. Yeah. And then it usually works out. Yeah. So, and then it leads to further confidence. And I think that has been something that has made me more confident is just to take risks, and it usually Oh, my gosh. I made it home. Everything was fine. Nobody bullied me. It's fine. Mm -hmm. I can do it again. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Blind confidence is... The biggest key to happiness, I think. Honestly. Yeah, but you also have to be careful, especially if you're a man, because there's a lot of risky territory for you just being a dick if you're right. having blind confidence. Right. I mean, I think there's... As a man, I want to be specific. Women, you guys, go ahead. You All go day. Right ahead. All day, baby. Women, non-binary folk, you guys... Lay it on me. Go for it. Lay it on me. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Um... This is not a thirsty podcast, but... Mm. Can be. Can be. Could be. Wait, hold on. Why not? Okay, so we had to pause for a second because I was worried that... Um, wait, what's your Bold name? of you to assume... Meg what? Wait, Meg... Meg Daddy. Meg Daddy. <laughs> I was worried that Meg Daddy was hungry and I had to ask her. <laughs> but then we got distracted because of Be Real and you made a really iconic statement. I need you to repeat that. So I really feel like... Be Real is kind of the perfect blend between Millennial and Gen Z. First of all, everybody's eating it up across the spectrum. Millennials don't really know what to do with it. However, the app really lags and never quite works right. And when it's like, time to be real, oh my gosh, siren's going off. Sometimes it takes two minutes to post. So it's like, oh, bitch, you were late. And actually, I was waiting for the picture to load. Um, However, it's this whole like anti-Instagram in the moment like expose changing every day expose yourself like kind of fluid gen z vibe it is and i don't know i just feel like it's catching everyone on their heels so it's good i don't know do you feel that you know a lot of people in the states who use be real i have a few circles that have been using it okay because i actually don't know very many people in the states who use be real it was mostly like one friend in every friend group was like, everyone, you have to get Be Real. And we were all like, okay, whatever. And now everyone posts. So it's kind of fun. It's so fun. But I, yeah. I, I don't have very... I'm, well, okay, now we're going to add each other. I tried to add you. But again, it's lagging. It's taking a minute. It is It's taking lagging. its sweet ass Did time. Did you find my name? Lil Juge. my phone number? Um, it is Lil Juge. I, no, it's fine. I think Juge... I was thinking about going by Juge on the pod. <laughs> that's awesome you should little yeah, juge on the pod <laughs> yeah little juge that is little juge, juge on the pod iconic it really is to this day it makes me a little sad that not everyone in your life calls you that me too <laughs> when someone calls me juge like let me tell you the endorphins are like like it's like it's like instant dopamine gratification floods my brain i don't have any nicknames like that i have a lot of nicknames and none that really like 
get my goat like that. Well, because Juge was my nickname since I was a baby. Really? Okay, so the story of Juge is that my brother, my little brother, who's two years years younger than me, he couldn't say my full name. So he called me Juge when he was a baby. That's adorable. He always called me that. And then, like, everyone in my family started calling me that. And then friends started calling me that. And it just kind of stuck. Yeah. And you know what? It's kind of iconic. It is. I stopped using it for a little bit, though. Because um, my name's a little long. So people always are like, oh, can I call you this? Can I call you that? Nickname. And I'm always like, "Mm, nah. But I told some people that I worked with at one point. No, but, like, my family and, like, some of my friends call me Juge. But they misheard me. And they thought it said Jew. <laughs> That's not good. And so at That's this one, really not good. And it was when I was like quite young, maybe like 1920. <laughs> and Oops. I just like could not correct them. So I was like, no, Who were these is, people? This is a true It's actually really bad. <laughs> at this place that I worked, like for when you I were didn't a kid? for that long. No, I was like 20. High school? No, oh, it was after high school. It was like college, like freshman, sophomore college. All these people I worked with called me Jew. Okay. And then I was like traumatized and I was like, literally no one can call me this again. So just so everyone knows, it's Juge, J-U-J. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get the... Uh, let's just get it out of the way. The linguistic pronunciation on yes, it too. it's J-U-J, Juge. It's like... Also, there have been some other people that I've known over the years... That have tried to go by Juge. It doesn't stick, though. And I'm like, nah, that's my name. <laughs> like, These bitches can't hang, no. Okay, I'm like, no, okay. Okay, so I'm going to way back up. Okay. Unless Cycle we, it back. Are finished with your... I don't remember where we were, so okay, yeah, same. let's roll. We are drinking... Run it back. We're on the vino. Run it back. Um, we're on our first okay, bottle, so, so. so on your millennial Gen Z reflection, do you remember, like, a time with no technology? Yeah. No TV, no phone, nada. Yeah. Wow. So wait, but that's you, why I did your family have a landline at least? Yes. Okay, so just a landline. But you remember that? Yeah, we had a we had a TV. We didn't have cable, so okay. like we could play Disney, like ca- like, like video cassettes. Okay. No, we had a cassette player. Like I remember a time of we. It was I a big the, deal. Oh, I remember the cassette player. Yeah. yeah, and it was a big deal when we got a DVD. It was like the fanciest thing ever. And then it had um, what was that? Uh, TiVo. TiVo uh, was like the biggest thing ever. TiVo. Right? Don't I sound yeah. like a little millennial right yeah, here? I mean, like, yeah, but I remember getting TiVo. Too. I mean, seven when is like second grade. So and play it back. That was pretty iconic. Oh, it felt like the height of luxury. Yeah, it, it really was did. the height of luxury. It really was. I feel like we should have like. I don't know. I don't want to sound too, like, um, old man, conservative Republican, but I'm going to take a risk. Sometimes I'm like, that was kind of a good time. We could have stopped there. We could have stopped there. We could have been done. All the things that come after that have been... I know. I think it's, like, it's a hard line because I feel very blessed to have so much access to technology because it's helped me learn so much and I really do appreciate the access to knowledge that I have through technology but also it's been my paycheck so (laughs) yeah it's also been kind of bad for us in a lot of ways mental health okay the other big question I think that distinguishes people from millennial gen z is do you remember 9-11 no I don't okay I don't um because you were only three I was was I three 2001 yeah, I was three. Yeah. Um, my first memory is before that, though. Can you, would you be willing? It was to share a little your traumatic. Sure. Um, it's one of my most embarrassing stories, admittedly. Um, I was three, barely. It was my like third summer, so the summer before nine eleven. Um, and we had been in this one house for not too long, and it had. A staircase leading down to the door. So, like, the door out out of the house um, had a staircase straight up it. And it had a banister. And the way some staircases, especially in the mountains, are built, like, all constructed with wood. And there is, like, this banister runs parallel to the stairs. So, there's a little space, right? Okay. Um, between, like, the bottom railing of the... Um, the bottom bar of the railing and the 
like stair structure. Okay, There's this, it like, might not feel like it, but you're painting an excellent picture right now. Okay, that's good. Yes. I'm like keep rewording it because I'm like, I don't know if this audially sounds good. But anyway, um, so there's this little space running down the stairs. It was a pool day, like when we woke up that morning. Did you get a pool? No. Oh, okay. We didn't have TV. Of course, we didn't have a pool. Well, um, <laughs> I'm I kidding. don't know if they're mutually exclusive, but they okay. are not. My parents are Christian, so we probably, you know, who knows. But anyway, little, little mountain town, didn't have a pool. We were going to the pool, though. Got it. And um, I was ready before anybody because I was a fish in another life, and I think. And eldest daughter vibes. Eldest daughter. She's Clearly, ready to go at all yeah, times. Yeah. Obviously. Obviously. Um, I was playing on the railing, and I don't know exactly what happened, but my thigh got stuck in that little gap between the base of the stairs and the bottom railing of the banister sounds traumatizing oh that's the beginning trust me trust me so i get stuck like a few moments of panic ensue right and then i realize i'm actually stuck three years old so i have no emotional response even then um i start freaking out my mom can't get it out my sister's like also three years old not helping and we end up having to call the fire department because my leg was like starting to turn blue what? and Damn, everybody was, was freaking out. I have no perception of time at this okay, point in my life. Was, so I have no thinking. clue. These firefighters come. It all feels like a blur. Were they, they odd? Do you remember? I have no idea. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> okay, sorry. I just remember them being really Literally tall. so immature. Okay. <laughs> really As tall. A gay three-year-old at that? I don't like, think so. Oh, so sorry for my there's, immaturity. You know, okay. I guess there's something about men with hoses. Who knows? Um, Whoa. Okay. I. They had to put. Hot, that's a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. They had to put soap and hot butter on my leg. Hot butter. Hot butter. You think they would have had a more sophisticated? The method. soap didn't work. They were about to bring the jaws of life out that they use to get people out of car yeah. wrecks to get this little three-year-old out of the stair railing. But the butter eventually worked once they like. I think they like ran something under like my leg and like got it unstuck because you know how like once your leg starts sweating like it really sticks in there so like I don't know if they ran floss under it or something but and I'm like mind you this like my foot is on the other side of this like dangling in thin air like so So what's underneath the banister what's where your foot is yeah it is like so essentially it was a two stories and the exit was on the middle. So when you entered the house, there was a staircase up and a staircase down. I was on the up staircase, so it, like my foot was literally in space over this other staircase. Okay, wow, okay, gotcha. So, so people like see your foot from below. Yeah, okay. probably. I also, mean, it was in my... my uh, actually the most immature thing ever, but I'm just, like, imagining myself right now, present day, in that situation, and the firefighters, like, rubbing butter on my leg. Literally, they could have... I'm like, honestly, that's, like, kind of hot. It's kind of hot, I know. <laughs> literally. Um, like, literally the most immature... I think in this day and age, with the state of the police and their status, like, firefighters don't need to do much to be, like top tier however firefighters i'm like literally like fuck me right now (laughs) they could make an ad with this concept i'm not gonna lie like are you stuck in your (laughs) in your staircase i'm like i do think yeah maybe it's because of the comparison with the police but i'm like in my head i do idolize firefighters a little bit oh my last apartment was like right across the street from a firehouse and there was a hot female firefighter. Yeah. There. But also, like, back in my, like, more seriously by days, um, would I cross the street on my runs when I was just wearing a sports bra on purpose on the way there and the way back? I'm going to plead the fifth. Um, Thank you for your honesty. Yeah, you're welcome. We appreciate this. Yeah. So we are all simps for firefighters, that's for sure. It's true. Really doing the Lord's work. Yeah. Unproblematic. True. Hot. Working out all day. 
doing the good for the humanity. They always have a dog around. People. But I did see a video yesterday, actually, of, well, actually, no, this is police involvement, actually not firefighters. I saw a video recently where there's a building burning down, and the this man was delivering pizza to the house that was on fire, and the police were, like, standing outside of the house watching the fire, and this pizza delivery guy ran into the house rescued a baby <gasps> came out of the house and his arm was like fucking fried and is the, the baby police, okay the baby was okay and the police just sat there the police like bandaged the guy's arm and no i'm sure they didn't i'm sure it was the fucking emts i'm sure yeah. the police did nothing true another interesting point that i saw an article about recently that i just pulled up is that being a delivery driver is actually more dangerous than being a cop. This article is called The Thin Bread Line. It's by Daniel Johansson. And it talks about that people were reviewing labor reports, Bureau of Labor reports, that said you're more likely to die on the job as a delivery driver. There are 24.7 annual deaths per 100,000 workers. Then as a police officer, 14.6K annual deaths per 100,000 workers. On the USA Today list of the 25 most dangerous jobs in America, working in law enforcement is only number 14. The most dangerous is logging jobs. Checking the Bureau of Labor Statistics from 2019 against the statistics presented by USA Today also confirms these trends. According to the Bureau's website, of the 5,553 total work place fatalities in America, delivery drivers make up 1,005 of them. That's incredible. That's an incredible amount of work-face fatalities in America for the year of 2019. So that's almost a fifth of the fatalities were delivery drivers. Furthermore, cop deaths are going down year after year. According to FBI statistics in 2019, there were only 89 line-of-duty deaths. Of these, 48 officers died as a result of felonious felonious acts. I don't know what that means, actually. And 41 officers died in accidents. So it's just important to realize that the cops are not in as much danger as a lot of people perceive them to be in. And this type of excusatory behavior due to it being a dangerous job is pretty invalid. Fucking pigs. You yeah, can leave that in. <laughs> anything, I, I mean, you know, do, I, I think just, like, the police existing and doing nothing are already adding to the fire of police hatred. Yeah. But I just had to throw that in there. Also, if you've not already watched the Uvalde footage, um, like, period, like. Also do some reading because there's some surprising updates that didn't quite make all the circulation of news, I think. It's Would you bad. like to share them or? I just, I think that them? everything that comes out is bad. I mean, I like, there's, I think I would be speculating by making statements. However, um, a lot of the police's behavior after the fact was a little shocking and kind of confusing. And I think some of their initial press statements were questionably justified um we're gonna leave it at that they killed kids yeah okay (laughs) i haven't seen anything about them like killing kids exactly but obviously the fact that they did not so okay basically the uvalde shooting was a school shooting in uvalde texas yes uvalde texas uvalde texas and they're in the past week, the so okay, there's a long um, battle. This happened several weeks ago, and then there was a long battle of the police. The people of Uvalde were trying to get the police to re- release the information and the footage about that day. Mm-hmm. And there were reports from parents of the of the students that said the parents were trying to enter the building to save the students. And they were not able to get in. And the police were even handcuffing and holding back parents from entering the building. 
And it, it, I mean, of course, it's it's. I think it's excellent that police have body cam footage. It's something that is necessary. I mean, I wouldn't even say it's excellent. I would say it's a no-brainer. Like, these people are being paid for by us. They are supposed to be working for us to protect us, to provide protection and support for civilians of the United States of America. And I think it's a no-brainer that there should, especially after the extreme violence and injustice that has taken place at the hands of police, it is a no-brainer that they should be monitored in some way. If you're not doing anything bad, then being held accountable isn't a problem. Exactly. And so it is a common place. It is, I think, in many states mandatory for police to wear a camera on their body while they're in duty throughout their shift. But after the Evaldi shooting, there was a lawsuit um, where the police did not want to release the body cam footage. They did not want to release their plans. They did not want to release any information about the, basically, the reports that happened that day. And it's also really sickening because obviously they should have a duty to show us this information. But I also learned that we pay for these lawsuits. The police have high, the police stations hire lawyers to protect them and to fight against being, to fight against having to show the footage. And we are even, we like basically tax dollars go towards the lawyers that police hire to argue against having to release the footage, etc. Frustrating. So that's already frustrating. And so then when the footage was released, we see that the shooter goes in, the police are called before the shooter even enters the school. And the police arrive on scene fairly quickly. I think eight minutes after the shooter, after the first call was reported, I think only three minutes after the shooter entered the school. Here it is. Officers were inside the elementary school three minutes after the gunman entered, and it took them one hour, 14 minutes, and eight seconds to end the massacre. So the more shocking thing here, I think, is that there was a push, especially from Republicans and people who backed the police in the area a few years prior to beef up security at the school. And there was actually a security guard at the school. The shooter, according to some, a lot of reports went through the police checkpoint. Whoa. So there were police on campus. I think those response times sound accurate to what I've read and heard. However, that's like, the larger police response, it is important to also recognize that there were supposedly police security on scene already that were supposed to be preventing this type of attack. And the assailant walked right through. Um, I honestly also don't think that those, the footage is ever going to come through. Um, Like the footage from the original entrance? No, the footage from the shooting. I don't think it's I saw the footage. All of it, though. Mm, well, the fo- there is footage of. I saw the footage of the shooter enter the school, and then minutes later, the the police are on scene, and they are in the hallway where the shooter entered, and the shooter is like actively shooting in the school down the hallway. Mm-hmm. You can't see the shooter; he's out of shot, but you see the police in the hallway like hesitating yeah not going down the hall even though there are gunshots like ringing i mean and it's not like it's not like it's just like like it's like the man has like an automatic rifle semi-automatic rifle and he's repeatedly like you know horribly like massacring children and the police are not pursuing like they're standing back and even there was an officer whose wife was a teacher at the school. And you can see he, like, checks his phone. And I guess reporters, um, journalists found out that because of his phone somehow, because you can see his phone screen on the camera, that he was a officer who had a wife who was a teacher at the school. And he even doesn't go down the hallway. 
And it's just really disturbing and alarming to see the cowardice of these men. Yeah. Because, you were supposedly trained for this. Like, yes. This is... This That's is, their job. Yeah, this is your job. And you know what? If you're going to defend the Second Amendment this much... It's like, especially your job to intervene in a situation like yeah, this. Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, of course, like, I'm not in that situation, but I feel that I would have, like, taken more action in that position. And you can see that, like, the parents of the children were trying to take more action. They were trying to go in and intervene at risk of death, even though they had no weapons, they had no protection. They wanted to enter and do everything they could. And even though the police had body what yeah are they called body um, cams not body cams body armor yeah body armor well, and what and guns yeah. they still yeah. were afraid and you can i mean i've seen this like this well, is all on footage. yeah yeah there was a uvalde mom that yes. was notified right when like pretty early on i believe she was like 30 or 40 minutes away from the school drove to the school saw the inaction tried to get in they arrested her or handcuffed her, rather, not fully arrested. She, I don't know if she convinced another parent or a police officer or somebody to let her go. She, like, got herself out of these handcuffs, proceeded to break into the school and save 20-plus children and a teacher and lead them out of the school because she had, I believe, two kids that were in the school, in this classroom, and no body armor, again, to your point. Like, nothing to protect her, but... At the end of the day, like, somebody has to protect these kids. And the fact that they're not doing anything and also, like, you know, I know, like, having civilians intervening in an active shooter situation is probably a complicating factor logistically. However, um, if you're not doing anything... Right, and if we're talking logistics, why are we talking about introducing more firearms to a school? Because if you, like, all these people that think that, oh, the answer is arm the teachers, um, the more firearms are in a vicinity, the harder it is to secure a premise, like a secure perimeter, rather, not a premise. Um, And I know this from my brief stint in intelligence. However... um, it's absurd to think that that's the solution because you, a shooter in theory wouldn't even need to access a firearm. They would just be able to break into some desk. Like they wouldn't have to get it legally. They could just take it on, on scene, you know? Yeah. Um, and all of the excuses for why they couldn't breach the campus are just tenfold because it then it's like, okay, well, we don't know where any of these firearms are because there's two dozen firearms on campus, you know? It's insane. It's totally insane. Is there any thought behind Republican politics? Who knows? That's an excellent question. Time will tell. I think it's only power, but... I don't think time will tell. I think we already know. We already know, yeah. Yeah. Maybe some people. Yeah, well, I mean, it's really... It's really upsetting. And, I mean, living in Europe, I feel like I've seen that everybody knows this. It's it's only a crazy still in the United States that it's only a question still there. As it happens, yeah, masculinity is fine without guns. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, and it, it's very frustrating because the Republicans are – the Republican Party – makes the argument that people would still acquire firearms if they were illegal. If I mean, at least in my personal life, I've heard a lot of people argue that. But especially as we've seen with the Chicago shooting on the 4th of July, mm-hmm. it is extremely easy for people to acquire guns legally. And even the Vegas shooting a few years ago, mm-hmm. that man, that was the biggest shooting of... That was the largest casualty mass shooting of all time in the United States. And all of that, those man's guns were acquired illegally. But I saw something that said it would have been really, it's a conspiracy. So it's definitely speculation. But I saw something that said it would be extremely difficult for one man to shoot that many people in the amount of time that he did with reloading weapons or even switching weapons. 
Do you think there's still a shooter out there? I don't think there's still a shooter out there, but unfortunately it wouldn't be the first time that, like... The government? The government is, like... Wouldn't put it past them. Scared us or tried to put us in our place. Or, I mean, maybe it's not that extreme, but at least hidden information from us. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I think and, all of these things. Yeah. But in Chicago, I mean, I don't know if... I, I watch, I've watched videos about it. I don't know if you've seen, but the guy who shot on the, at the 4th of July parade in Chicago, he was a rapper. Mm. And he had several music videos um, like he literally had a music video depicting a school shooting and he had several song lyrics talking about shootings, death, etc. He had several run-ins with the police. He had made death threats to his family. He was found to, after he made death threats to his family, he was found to have several knives and other weapons. I don't think he had a gun at this point, but he was found to have like a bunch of knives, like katanas, small knives, an extreme amount of knives in his car after making death threats to his family. And these knives were all confiscated. And there was a report made about him in the Chicago police department, whatever, uh, marking him as a person of possible danger, person of interest, like, etc. And then after all of this, he was able to legally purchase a firearm. Yeah. Mm. Well, we don't have background checks, so. Yeah. I also, no, but like. No, he was able to, you know, he passed background yeah, checks. Yeah, he passed it. He yeah. passed four background checks after this. I read. That's insane. What yeah. are they running? Like, what are the numbers? I don't know. Who are you checking numbers. with? You're not checking with the police, clearly. Well, I think that they do check with the police, but it was like that the, this report reportedly got faxed to the police. Oh, And okay. then maybe it wasn't filed or, like, whatever the fuck. Right. Because like everyone you, that works for the government is over the age of 65. So, yeah. And we're all behind the times. Speaking of working for the government, <laughs> um, we're going to be right back. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to be back. this more. Keep you on the edge of your seats. Um, but we need to eat. We need to eat. So it's we're going to go get late. some uh, Even for fries. Time. We're getting Abergine fries. Abergine fries. Um, Benny Hot. No. <laughs> Benny Hanna. The, the word for Abergine in Spanish is like similar to. Uh, um, It's eggplant. Everyone. No, it's no, eggplant. No, but do you know the eggplant word? We just went over it. Beren, berenjena. Berenjena. Okay, it's very similar to Benny Hanna. Okay. Si, fritos. Thank God. Okay. Fritas. Hasta Lo siento. Luego. Hasta luego.